would just say want to be on it. The well, no, they'll just they wanna. just won't say <laughs> point hammered. Point hammered. Right, to do this? Yeah, sure, whatever. Point hammered is intended for an immature audience. So if you're easily offended, you best get the step in. But if you'd like to stay, let's, let's get, get hammered. hammered. What up, Mud? Number 31, Point Hammered. Johnny here. The Bear is here. So is Raj. This episode is the... Uh, uh, my 31 or 32? I can't even... This, that's what happens. 31, when, fool. I know. <laughs> you 31 said, years I'm just old? trying to f- remember oh. what my age is. <laughs> What's <laughs> my age again? What's my oh. age again? <laughs> You're 33, that. so that means I'm 32, right? Not... I couldn't tell you, but yeah, it sounds about right. Today is <laughs> February 3rd, 2011. We 2011. Winding down from the fucking Wapaka event. Recuperating. Good time was had by all. Mm-hmm. Lots of boners were sprung. <laughs> <laughs> many in secret. <laughs> many in the open. <laughs> How many? Which would you say was the more uh, common? The, the secretive sprung boners or the open boners well, I sprung? more boners than I saw. <laughs> 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 uh, nice. <laughs> so, uh, what, uh, what's been going on in the hobby since then, boys? Bear, what do you got? Bear, you won't believe this. I've... He's been working on miniatures. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. He was talking to me the other night on TeamSpeak, and right, I was walk- I was working on miniatures, man. I confirmed. I heard the file <laughs> in the background. I knew it. So what were you working on then? I'm working on a unit of 20 blood letters that I'm getting finished for my allied contingent for Cheddar Bowl. Cheddar Bowl. Oh, to go yeah. with the ogres? So, yep. yeah, cool. That means you committed to Cheddar Bowl then. Yep, I paid up. Paid? Did you make the February 1st deadline? Yes, I did. Nice. Raj, what about you? Did you get in on that? Yeah, I paid up. Nice. February f- I'm going to be in Hawaii. Oh, okay. For that week, so I will be gone. Oh, uh, you're missing out, man. <laughs> I know. Who, Hawaii? Who the hell want to go to Hawaii when you could be playing Warhammer? I won the Cheddar Bowl one year, fools. In Green Bay, Wisconsin. <laughs> it's the most Wisconsin of the Wisconsin Warhammer tournaments. Yes, this tournament is at least 90% Wisconsin players, Wisco's. <laughs> which oh. is very rare. Mike Gerald and Kevin Bruins, I think the only out-of-staters signed up. I'm going to fucking drive down. I'm going to pop their tires. <laughs> no I've got a round one challenge with uh, Mike Gerald because he crushed me mercilessly at North Star. So. What yeah. does he play? Of Bretonians. Interesting. Is that all you've been up to modeling-wise, Bear? Building those models? Um, That's all I've accomplished. I'm starting to do a little research into making a Warriors a chaos army down the line because uh, as I get the as I start painting the demons I want to kind of have the s- start building the warriors of chaos so yeah. it's in the shoot you know that's a good idea. you always want <laughs> to have something in your pocket you're working on just to keep it fresh yeah. I always get Six. overwhelmed. That's what leads to insomnia for me when I get too many projects lined up in my brain. Well, the nice thing is both of these armies are going to probably be very small in their model counts. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also going to use probably an almost identical color scheme. Through, so, like, the demons will just be an opportunity for uh, me. Dangerous ground bear. Yeah. Gets, life gets boring. You do that. Boring, bro. Well, it'll change because, like, there's a big, there'll be a big difference the, between the Warriors of Chaos and the demons and the fact that the Warriors of Chaos actually have equipment. 
pigment. All the demons really don't so much. The demons yeah. have genitals. Blood no. letters? They're all smooth, like aliens in Star Trek. Yeah. The combined model count for both of these armies together will probably be less than either one of your current armies. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Interesting. I like Skaven. <laughs> yeah. I think the Raj model count would be more than both of ours combined. Yeah. <laughs> So, Possibly. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what about you, Raj? What have you been up to? I've been working on some Skaven Slaves. Yeah. Have I mentioned that? I got, I do have some done from before, about half a unit. I think I mentioned that. So now I'm working on the other half. I got them pretty much base coated. They're ready for antique walnut dip, but then there's still, that's only about half the model. There's still great, pretty good model work afterwards. Yeah. Clean them up, bring them up to standard. And Is that mic on? Yeah. Okay. You just look like you're coming in real quiet. Hold on a second. Yeah, bro. All right, folks. All right, let's go. All right, so you've been cleaning up Skaven Slaves? <laughs> you betcha, John. <laughs> How's that going? Pretty good. <laughs> Do we want to mention the first calamity and yeah, we just point hammered history? <laughs> we, in the fucking year and a half we've been doing this, we finally just lost about 20 minutes of footage due to God knows what. <laughs> Shitty equipment. <laughs> $2,000 worth of equipment. Cheap shit. Jesus Christ, throw it away. Let's buy some new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Let's just, let's just quit doing the cab. <laughs> fuck this. this it. Fuck it. So, yeah, what have you been up to in the hobby, Raj? Well, I've been working on some Skaven Slaves. Oh, yeah? As you may or may not know. <laughs> I've been working really? for a while. This is intriguing. I was taking a little break for Wapaka to help out the bear with, with some things. And yeah. Work, you know, work on that. But now I'm jumping back in. And I got the first 20 done in a unit. And I'm thinking I'm starting with 42 unit. And I'll yeah, it might go to 45 or 50 <laughs> after a while, but basically I'm looking to put them together for Wapaka, or Wapaka has already happened. Cheddar Bowl? Cheddar Bowl. <laughs> Cheddar Bowl. As your allies? Yeah, 300 points of allies. Now, isn't there some detriment to using Skaven as allies? Oh, they're not trustworthy. Yeah. But neither <laughs> Much are like Dogs of War. the Raj himself, they're not trustworthy. <laughs> All yeah, right. I'm not sure what the... Well, it's maybe should, suspicious uh, or some. Bullshit. Yeah, I should look and see yeah. because <laughs> you might get hosed <laughs> if they can't use my general's leadership. They're not going to be that good. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, they're still going to be leader five, dude, <laughs> with well, three ranks. <laughs> the backup plan then would be some dryads. Well, couldn't you take a Skaven character and put one like a? No, nah, it's just units. Oh. And you can take a special unit. So if you can't use, <laughs> that pretty much invalidate most of the Skaven choices. You're lucky we had this conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> He's like, all right, so you're steadfast on a five. What? Well, the fuck? I'm a, I'm a ten. Well, Skaven are untrustworthy allies. <laughs> no! <laughs> That's too bad because it would have been great to see the Raj's face. I won't even. I'll be in Hawaii on the beach at the time, but it'd be nice to see the Raj's face when that shit went down. Uh, so twenty are done. I got thirty-five about base coated, ready to be put through the antique walnut satin, and that's only about half of the painting process because I still do quite a bit of work after that. Okay. So I still need to do 35 more okay. that I'm in the process of building. and putting So you're together. only going to have 55 total? No. I got 20 done. 20 done. 35 in process, and then I want to do oh, 35, 35. more. And it, so you got 70 to complete yet. Right. Yeah, I want 80 total. Okay. Oh, yeah, you're going to finish some of those fucking um, boar guys, yeah. rat ogres? Oh, I want to do a couple painted up and finish just to get me motivated on yeah. it. I'm pretty stoked to see those because they look so fucking cool. Well, and if I do use the slaves, 
that's only 212 points of the 300 that I yeah. need. <laughs> Assuming those are 50-man units and not 40. So yeah, so, uh, a couple Rattlers is actually probably the way. So to go. in comparison here, I'm planning on bringing Demon Allies, which are 20 blood letters, while you would bring 100 slaves plus a couple more models to fill out your 300 Just to points. Fill out, yeah. You only get 20 blood letters for that. But I'll be running in the Dogs of War. Well, full command plus that banner that gives them slaves. a D6 charge bonus. Yeah. The doors have Slaves. the opposite banner to that that subtracts a D6 uh-huh. from an opponent charging you. But if you had a Bretonian character with the virtue of plus D6, you can put him in a blood letter unit. You <laughs> cancel the dwarven minus D6. <laughs> <laughs> so what have I been up to in the hobby then, right? I've been up... Now my mind's blank. There's nothing to talk gores. about. Gores. So gores. Shot so out of your mind. I've been working on painting 26 gores. I've been working on gore skin for weeks. How many did you finish then? <laughs> Zero, sir. <laughs> <laughs> However, I, I've been working on skin for, this will be going into the fourth week now. Mm-hmm. And I, I work on these gores. On average, two to three hours a night, and it's the worst fucking time of my life. <laughs> that's why I got so motivated that's... and finished up the Jabbersloth, because that's actually fun, sculpting the Jabbersloth. What else have I been doing? I based about 80 to 100 Metalungors. Metalungors are not made to fit in slotter bases. <laughs> Putty How long is the solution to the end? Ah, okay, okay, good point. How long <laughs> would you estimate that it'll be before we see those Metalungors in a finished state? I'd like to see you do a couple. I would say that by then I'll probably have two or three children. <laughs> so that's so at least... Never? <laughs> if she got pregnant today... <laughs> We're shooting for Irish twins, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Depticon's in eight weeks. Yeah, I know. I'm Cheddar really scared. In four weeks. Wait, you have a Hawaiian vacation yeah. in the middle of? I uh, spent two week. weeks in Hawaii. Yeah. You got to get your priorities sorted, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm just along for the ride. I have no say in what really happens in my life, so I just do what everybody fucking tells me to do yeah. until I get drunk and then hang myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, before that happens, why don't you just quick me a BJ then? <laughs> I will give you a handy. <laughs> Bear's got the thickest yeah. jeans on, known to man. How are we going to get a stinky pinky through that? <laughs> never going to fit. <laughs> contact us. Let's talk about contact first. Yeah. Pointhammered at gmail.com. The bear cares at gorkus.com. Flickr.com. Pointhammered.com. Slash. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Go slash ahead. nothing. <laughs> uh, Flickr.com slash photos slash pointhammered. Check out my new. Jabber Slith. Mm-hmm. Someone please comment on my ogre pictures. Oh, yeah, you put up some ogies. Yeah. I actually there's... have new stuff on there, some d- maybe within yeah. the month. Nobody wants to see the shit you painted two years ago that's been all over the forums <laughs> <laughs> for the last two years. Our listeners don't know. But there's got to be people who've got into the hobby since I painted these. I've never seen them before. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're <laughs> yeah. constantly checking out the Knoblogs. They're like, oh, look, this yeah. is the bear. Oh, my God. Knoblog. What else? Uh, like I us on say... Facebook. I updated the Raj Lodge. It switched over oh, to a new format. I noticed that. You we went to Blogspot, huh? Yeah. That format is a lot easier to update. Yeah. And you can go in there, and it's really handy. It's an interface, it's and you're not actually handy. writing HTML anymore. You're right? this code and cutting and pasting, <laughs> shit like that. So, <laughs> Yeah, plus, before I took the old Lodge down, I took down all the files, yeah. saved them on my computer. i just been looking through them. And that's like probably six or seven years. It's just like a repository of whatever... 
random photo I want to upload to you know show to somebody. <laughs> I'm finding some really weird things in there <laughs> that can't be explained. It's like six pictures of your balls stretched out like a bat <laughs> <Yeah>. wing. <laughs> but I got I uploaded all the videos, the links to them that I've done. So the content isn't on there right now, but I'll be slowly going through and putting up you know all the old pics. But right now I found a couple. I found the first two pictures. Uh, the dogs of war uh, when it was first getting started because the doulets were the f- were the first unit that I did and I got a picture of them in in unpainted with the little the ponchos green stuff ponchos that I was doing yeah that's classic dude mm-hmm. classic yeah, back good. the mists of time miss, yeah. I never knew what long road we that you'd Lay still ahead. that you'd still be playing them that fucking that army. <laughs> I'm thinking about painting up some more. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, that's uh, cool. Yeah, we also have a new method of of contact for all our listeners out there. <laughs> we want to hear your farts. <laughs> Yeah, we have Raj. We have a number Smoke stinks <laughs> where you can call, and then instead of emailing us your questions, you can call up and actually leave us your message. I mean, you could just say or a voicemail. Yeah, leave us a voicemail. Basically, you dial this number, you'll get a little message, and you can say whatever you want on there. You, you rip can, a couple farts. Yeah, rip a couple juicy ones. Record yourself masturbating. <laughs> uh, breathe heavily into the microphone. <laughs> Ask a question. Mm-hmm. Say, so the, just say hi. The number for that is. 601 try HPBV. <laughs> nice. And we're going to have a contest. Yeah, we'll have a contest. The first five people to leave us voicemails, we'll send you a free sticker. Mm-hmm. So we can, just to be clear, we can download those and we can splice them into the cast. Yeah. So you might end up on the air, fool. Mm-hmm. So, you know, think about it, whether this is something you really want to share. With you want to the... rehearse a couple times. <laughs> you know, you want it just right. <laughs> cool. What have you been Other podcasts. to lately? Listen to any podcasts? I actually started listening to a <laughs> Podcast, really? <laughs> the Brohammered podcast uh, by Mr. Eric Lindley yeah. with the real man yeah, of genius, genius. Mr. Tournament. Oh, you fucking stole that shit. <laughs> 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 well, you were really dropping the ball there. How about this? Mr. Ninja Dice Pick a <laughs> We stole this whole skit, bitch. <laughs> we should do a real man of genius. <laughs> real boss genius. Boy Hammer. I see. Handsome first guys to ever do this. <laughs> Isn't that the American way? You take someone else's idea and just make it better? <laughs> uh, yeah, it pretty much. You throw a couple farts in there. That idea just got better. <laughs> yeah. What was Mr. Mr. Tournament organized? Who has the name of an animal? <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> nice. All right. Is he yes, good? So you've been liking Brohammer? Yeah, I've been enjoying it. Um, you know, I had a good thing to note. Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> um, You're not the other sorry. day, I was trying to do a Eric Lindley impersonation, and I noticed that my Eric Lindley impersonation sounds a lot like my Michael Clark Duncan I know. impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You I made a deal, it, boy. <laughs> Welcome to the dirty south. <laughs> you gotta get that laughing though that yeah <laughs> i can't do yeah. it i got nothing his voice is made for the airwaves man yeah it is welcome to the dirty north <laughs> <laughs> that make us the clean north clean welcome north. to the clean white north <laughs> welcome <laughs> to the clean white north eh welcome yeah, to the eh? sloppy north we should re-record our intro 
Your fix for Warhammer from the clean white north, eh? <laughs> <laughs> we'll do one for every other. Just listen to Point Hammond, you nerd. <laughs> All right. Maybe that one's yo, yo, yo. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll come up with hey, hey, hey. Coming to you live from <laughs> Healingwood Studios. And then Roger will be like, ah. We are not fucking live here. <laughs> we can merge them all together. Yeah. Yo, yo, yo. Coming at you from the dirty north. <laughs> Enjoy uh, the show, you know. From the clean white north. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I've been working on... I want to say I received my Blood Bowl team in the mail. Oh, yeah? And I put them together. The Whoa, your modeling segment is done, son. No, no. <laughs> this is important. Wait for it. Wait for it. I've been putting these... These Neomix miniatures together, they're fucking awesome. They're really good-looking orcs. I yeah. can't wait to paint them up and doing some conversions and stuff. But I got this big guy. He's going to be my black orc, and it's going to be Michael Orc Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I got to give him, like, some overalls. <laughs> like, out of Green Mile, Michael Clark Duncan. Pitching one mighty tent in the front there. <laughs> yeah. But I got another, one of the other black orcs. <laughs> or he's a, he's a bigger orc, so I'm going to make him a black orc, too. He's going to be Squig Rames. <laughs> Hanging out with Michael Orc Duncan. <laughs> nice. Fair, did you have arts. a comment about Brohammer before we got totally distracted? <laughs> I lost any possible comment I had about it. It was good. Right. Yeah, I like I like hearing uh, Tom McClure talk talk about his games. I find that very amusing. Yeah. A glowing review. Yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't actually listened to the last one yet. I've oh. I got to catch up on it, seeing as apparently it's a well, large part about uh, my own say, tournament. Listening as a tournament organizer, you're going to have a big grin on your face the whole time. <laughs> Perhaps Raj, a large tent in my pants as well. In the pants. Raj, I could tell by your expanded vocabulary and the fact that I noticed your intelligence went up one point on your character sheet. You must have been listening to Radio Lab. <laughs> you, know, you are right, sir. Ha, I could tell. I saw the signs that were there. I've been listening. Yeah, I like them. They have them all, like all of them available. It looks yeah. Like. So I've been working backwards, actually. I just listened to one that was fucking amazing, but now I don't remember what which, it was. I listened to so many podcasts, but it, it was definitely one of the, remember one of the, which, I think it was the last Radiolab episode. It was really good. Are talking about coincidences and stuff? Uh-huh. Yeah, Radiolab, NPR. That was the one where Lost and Found is what it was called. Yeah. We're done with the, the chick that got hit on the motorcycle. Yeah, the bicycle, that was weird. Was. Yeah, it was a fucking crazy story, it's dude. It's like a chick. She gets hit by a fucking semi. They're gonna... And she's in a coma, and they're gonna just send her off to this mm-hmm. house, or this, like, facility yeah. where she'll just lay there and veg out, but her boyfriend's able to figure out that she's still it's conscious. Like riding on her yeah. arm, and the really? whole thing was, she needed uh, hearing aids to Yeah, hear. she was deaf. So she couldn't... They thought, you know, she's vegetative, she just yeah. couldn't hear anything. Yeah. She was just fucking trapped in her own but body. now she's blind now, too, I think. Yeah, she was deaf before, <laughs> now she's deaf and blind. Definitely but I think blind. she's been regaining her uh Yeah, her she can walk she, around So I Googled her and read about her. She's pretty good looking. <laughs> oh, nice. But anyway. <laughs> she's an artist bear. Yeah, she's an artist. An artiste. Yeah, She's so. into bears. <laughs> <laughs> Made that part up. <laughs> or tournament organizers named after animals. I've been listening to, uh, <laughs> on the View Askew Network, Plus One with Kevin Smith and Jennifer Schwalbach. Yeah, really? What is the benefit of this one over there? Okay, so uh, good thing you asked, Raj. <laughs> <laughs> so usually Kevin Smith is pretty rude, and he fucking talks over everybody. It doesn't matter what's being said. He'll just blurt some shit out yeah. and interrupt. So in this one, it's him and his wife, so he can't really behave that way without getting yelled at and cursed mm-hmm. at. So he has to be a lot more respectful and... So it's pretty good. I, I've been thoroughly yeah. entertained by it recently. Those are good, but yeah, I kind of been getting kind of burnt bored out. With, yeah, burnout. Yeah. 
I, I, I like the NPR stuff a lot. It's, I agree. They're really, it's kind of nice because it's real well done. Yeah, that's like very that. professional. Well, those guys do that for a living, though. Yeah. Once we Basically get to that radio. point, well, first we have to figure yeah. out how we're going to. When we get there. <laughs> it could be like Podhammer just ask people to send us money all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we want to go to Australia. Send us money. We're going to DogCon. We're going to go fucking panhandle in the streets like a bunch of we're fucking bring bums. Buckets. We're going to bail them out. <laughs> Warhammer welfare. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's take a quick break. Yeah. Then we'll get on to our subject here. <laughs> wow, it feels like we've been recording for like over an hour already. <laughs> All right, so we're back. You guys want to talk about upcoming uh, events or no? A little bit, I think. Yeah. Let's talk about Cheddar Bowl. We're going there. Upcoming events, four weeks, Cheddar Bowl, Green Bay, Wisconsin, run by Tony Strahota. This is a unique event because it's featuring 2,200-point 20, lists, but with 300 points of allies, which you might have caught yeah. from our earlier uh, discussions. Yeah, I was thinking about this. I kind of like it because it allows you, instead of 2,500 points, I can do 2,200 and then 300 points of the next army I'm working on. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Which it seems the Bears doing the same thing, too. So. Yeah. Um, but then you have the option, where I thought about this, where you can make your allies fit in with your army, you know, and fit your cool theme or whatever. Because I was thinking I could do some badass Pegasus Knights, some men at arms or something that would really fit the Dogs of War scheme. But then I got these Pegasus Knights. Well, then I got to do a whole Bretonian army. You know, <laughs> if I already did the Peg Knights. <laughs> I mean, they already like went the way there. And then next thing you know, they're red, red and green and white. And <laughs> <laughs> Look just like yeah. D.O.W. Pegasus Riders. Much. So this tournament, it's the closest two-day we have. Closest for the bear, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice. I don't have to get a hotel room. The for format this. is: is it two games Saturday? And two games Sunday. Okay, because that's so that's nice because we can roll over there, play whatever, maybe get supper, but then we can easily, you know, it gets done earlier. I think it starts later, too, mm-hmm. yeah, on a Saturday. And then we can come home and sleep at... I'm sleeping in your bed. <laughs> Krista, get on the couch. Raj is sleeping here tonight. Raj needs his fuck teddy bear. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I got a... It's a bear wearing a teddy. <laughs> <laughs> you you should have known better than to try to say anything, bear. <laughs> Did you have something to say, bear? You're looking forward to it. What? Anyway, I have a grudge match with, match with Mike Gerald, which if you remember from the North Star Battle Report, crushed me mercilessly. With his yeah. Bretonians? Yep. I do believe that's the same chap that beat me as well. Yeah. Mm. Bear, so. you can't go down again. Well. So, this guy's walking up and down HPBS. <laughs> Gerald and then Kevin Bruins are the only non-Wisconsin people to uh, be at the tournament, which is interesting because any tournament is loaded with Minnesota and Illinois guys, but this, this is so deep in the Wisconsin in Heartland <laughs> then only a couple make the try I think it's kind of cool just to play Wisconsin people for once so you're saying something Cause, about because they're easier to beat <laughs> <laughs> just kidding <laughs> not really Roger Sensen <laughs> Sensen and overall yeah keep running your mouth son I know how this is gonna go <laughs> no. Gonna, no take it back they're gonna be playing Meal the first round and <laughs> that could be 
40 yeah, wide fucking VC. Like, I haven't played him since. I think the last game of 7th edition I played was against Meal and yeah. Ogres. The 40 wide fucking grave card units. <laughs> yeah, I think he's running something like that now. Yeah, he is. Badass <laughs> shit like that. So. So. All right. I'll be, be nice to have those slaves there if I do fight them. <laughs> <laughs> so what else you guys got for Cheddar Bowl? Is that it? I think so. Is there anything else? Yeah, you could still sign up yeah. uh, if you're interested. Yeah, I think maybe I'll fly back for that and then fly back to Hawaii. Yeah, fucking sneak out. Yeah. Okay, and then a month, four weeks after that is Adepticon. So yep, Adepticon. You're gonna be hearing all about that. Well, a few weeks, a few weeks after Adepticon oh. is uh, not a few weeks. I guess May 21st and 22nd, Midwest Rampage number six. Ah, uh, yeah, that's down in Bloomington, Illinois. I think that one's it's a two dayer, three thousand points, I believe. Yep, five mm-hmm. games, three thousand points. It's like there's no comp. Yeah. You're stoked for this one. I don't know. Once I heard it was no comp, I kind of fucking chilled out a little bit. But mm-hmm. one of you guys' game, I'll, I'll, I'd definitely be game for going to it. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go now. I think That's I probably think you and McClure convinced me. All right. Plus, I figure I figure I should be able to put on some stiff competition for the uh, terrain contest. Yeah, what is yeah, it? Yeah. I think you've already told me once. I still don't remember. He's got a contest to bring a table full of terrain. For people. Because uh, Probably because he doesn't scam? have enough terrain. <laughs> yeah. You should bring your pyramid, Bear. <laughs> I'll fucking sit inside it. Lay down. <laughs> you guys didn't think I was coming. Surprise! <laughs> he pops out like a fucking stripper out of a cake. <laughs> Waving my noodle around. <laughs> a helicopter. <laughs> and it literally looks like a spaghetti noodle. <laughs> all limp and skinny. <laughs> Flaccid. <laughs> Might not be that long, but it's pretty skinny. <laughs> all right. That's the rampage. Um, Ryan Nichols, he sent us an email. He wanted us to talk about his tournament. So there's a tournament. That'd be March 19th, 2011. So that'd be a few weeks. Uh, is that the weekend before Adepticon? Or two weekends two weeks before. before Adepticon. Two weekends before Adepticon then in Des Moines, Iowa at Mayhem Comics and Collectibles. There's a Warhammer tournament. It's 2,200 points using mm-hmm. the Adepticon rules for army building. So I oh, guess it's cool. kind of a, war- uh, you, yeah. a warm-up. That's Fuck, a I've idea. never gone to Iowa for a tournament. But I guarantee by that, by March 19th, I'll be fresh back from fucking Hawaii. And all I'll be doing is painting miniatures nonstop <laughs> <laughs> until Adepticon hits. Mm-hmm. So it'd be nice to be done beforehand, but uh, that's not going to happen for me. But if you want to get in touch with them you're anywhere where you can make it to des moines iowa on march 19th it's twisted troop tourney at gmail.com troop spelled t-r-o-o-p the way troop is spelled well you see like a, a troop of harlequins t-r-o-u-p an english yeah. spelling versus an american spelling to twisted troop tourney sure you can find that shit on the forums too so mm-hmm. check okay, it out cool all right that's it for events right yeah. I think so. Uh, going through email, we received a bunch of responses from people from the, from the last question. last podcast question, which is, why are you going to Wapaka or, or why are you not going? Why aren't you going to Wapaka? Well, we mostly receive responses, why are you not going? <laughs> and it turns out it's location. <laughs> <laughs> Barry, you got to move this to a more central yeah. location on the planet. <laughs> yeah, on, the, on the planet Earth. <laughs> and these people didn't even have the courtesy to make me laugh while they told me it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking spending the postage to send that Barry Cares down to Tom Wolf in Australia, and he gives me this lame-ass excuse about living on Australia why he's yeah. not making it up to Wapaka. I don't know what, yeah. what that's all but about. But I did receive one responsive note from Mr. Tom McClure. <laughs> if you want to read the email. Tom McClure, Point Hammered Q&A. Why did I go to Wapaka? I went to Wapaka on a mission to sleep with the only remaining point boy that had been deprived of enjoying my bed company.
Germany. Mission accomplished. <laughs> nice. It's true. Uh, it's true. Someone still has a sore butt from that affair. <laughs> and it's McClure. <laughs> Outer spoon. <laughs> Outer spoon. Raj only likes to be the big spoon. <laughs> I, I don't know if I told you guys, but I did get a response from Ursus Majoris on BearCares.com oh why he didn't God. make it. Why, why, what did why? Ursus have to say? Well, he said, he said uh, ever since uh, he got out on parole, his mom won't let him use the car because the whole reason he got arrested in the first place was that incident with him getting caught on to catch a predator. <laughs> <laughs> Please have a seat here. Hi, <laughs> right, take a seat. <laughs> so he's been stuck in her basement for a while, though. He says he's got one wow. hell of an army uh, waiting wow. in the wings for when he can. <laughs> I hope he's not coming to Adepticon. <laughs> yeah. I was watching my ass last year, literally. <laughs> yeah, Raj was fucking on the ropes. He's scared of shit the whole time. You think that's him? You think that's him? <laughs> <laughs> he, he refused to leave a drink sitting anywhere lest yeah. he get roofied. <laughs> <laughs> Which really hampered my plans of getting laid <laughs> yeah. at Adepticon. <laughs> you mean he didn't give you the drink to watch? <laughs> or is he, he was too smart for that move? <laughs> uh, nice. He's been tricked a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> been burnt by that one, huh? Yeah. We received a couple other emails, but we're kind of burned out from recording things twice. Yeah. So we'll just save those for next time. <laughs> <laughs> we, I think we responded at least to all of them. So. Um, what else we got? You got a nugget of knowledge? Yeah, we're going to start a new segment here. It's the Rogers Nugget of Knowledge. Oh, <laughs> so, because uh, Rogers fucking smart. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> This is a butt yeah, nugget. Yeah, so this is a little something I've cooked up here. Uh-oh. And I think it's going to be uh, just interesting tidbits about Warhammer with uh, maybe a statistical or a mathematical sort of slant to it. Okay. Crunching the numbers here. <laughs> You're one of those fucking guys. <laughs> you got a lot of free time at work. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. How do you think I finally got up to date on all the notes for all of our past episodes? <laughs> nice. You guys suck. Okay. <laughs> Wieners. So this nugget of knowledge is inspired by a uh, rule in the 8th edition Warhammer book that I do I have not seen anybody taking advantage of this rule, which is... Steadfast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> it's the rule, it's the lookout sir rule for characters that are not in units but are within three inches of a unit. Okay. And the rule is uh, you get a lookout sir, if you know if it's the same troop type or whatever, but it goes to a four plus instead of a two plus, which I think is interesting because... With the killer spells, people are still putting their their wizard lord and their general and the BSB all in one unit when you could easily have the wizard lord outside the unit. So if he's going to target it with dwellers, I mean, you don't have your wizard lord in the unit. Right. So if you get the unit or you could target your wizard and then you spare the unit. We should point out that this only applies if you're on the same size base as the unit, right? No, it'd have to be the same uh, model type, class classification, infantry, okay. cavalry, okay, stuff like that. So you know, I was looking, I was thinking about, it, I'm like, well, war machines are more accurate, but you know, I think I'll, there's a lot to be said for keeping them outside of the unit because once that unit's locked in close combat, you know, before your wizard be in the unit, he's getting twice the number of hits on him. But you can still gain the lookout serve from a unit engaged in close combat. There's nothing that says that you don't get the bonus. Yeah, it doesn't say that anywhere. So I think a lot of times 
times your character would be safer out of the unit. And I crunched some numbers here. Ooh, did you just? Oh, that was me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Bears dying. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's eye watering right there. Today was breakfast for lunch day at Century. <laughs> And you could tell it smells like greasy Cisco egg mix. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, Raj. <laughs> okay, so let's looked at the odds here. I'll give you some advice on maybe shooting your war machines as well. But so, what do you think the chances are of you have your hero within three inches of a unit getting killed by a cannonball? What are the odds? In one shot. Yeah. Um, see, I don't think anybody knows offhand. Well, yeah, but see, I would probably just take the shot on the chance of killing him, though. So mm-hmm. I would use that shot unless there were, well, you know, like... if you had multiple targets, you know, right. taking it away from something else. Warhammer uses a D6, so even the best of odds is only five out of six. Yeah. You know, just for a wound. So after... Well, it depends on how your opponent is guessing, too. For a single model, you want to shoot the, the nine and a half inches in front. So if your opponent's been guessing seven and a half, yeah. for a single model, that it gives you less, less chances to hit. Statistically... Yeah, so you're worse off if you're guessing then. nine and a half in front, 20 out of 36 shots will hit, which is about 55%. It's over half. Okay. Where if you guess seven and a half, <laughs> it's only 18 out of 36. So it's, a little, it's half yeah, so exactly. So that's 50-50, yeah. Uh-huh, but that's my default guess for everything with the cannon, seven uh-huh. and a half. Well, I also did it if you were shooting at a unit. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get to that. But if you're guessing at a, a large base where... You can do seven and a half, and if you roll a right. ten, you still hit it. Then you have a two-thirds chance of a hit, 24 okay. out of 30. If it's a large base, then I generally will guess even less, like six. Okay. Because then you don't have to worry if you roll a ten. Like a chariot or something like that, you're still going to hit it. Yeah, well, you want to guess seven and a half okay. for those back ones. But, okay, so after... So single model, nine and a half to... is your best bet to hit it. Yeah, so you do that. So after the lookout, sir... Okay, so first he's got to roll two artillery dice. He's got to get the right numbers. You get the lookout, sir. It's a 50-50 shot. You pass it gets put on a model in the unit. If he does hit you, he's got to roll a two or better to wound, generally. Mm-hmm. So you can still roll a one. Sure. And then assuming you don't have any ward saves or anything like that, which a lot of characters have wards now, right? Uh, you got to roll a two or better to do two or more wounds to kill him. So I mean, ward, I'm saying like a, I'm saying a one wound that you're fine, you're still alive. Right. So the chances of killing is actually it's about 19%. So it's less than one in five. Hmm. So it's actually, if you're going to pop a dude out of a unit, you can go, I would say go for it. And if you have that ward save on top of If you have a ward save, then you have it, so it's about 10%. If you don't have the lookout, sir, then you you double it. So it's about a 40% chance Uh. of getting schmucked. (laughs) So if you got a, but if you have a bigger base, assuming you get the lookout, sir, which you probably don't if you have a bigger base, it only goes up to like 23% chance. Right. If they're guessing seven and a half it's like 17 percent. so it's all right in that same range there okay i think that that first bit is really good info that canon guess canon yeah. guesses nine and a half is your best for a single model on 20 mm-hmm. or 25 mil and then seven and a half is your best at anything else yeah that's what i found out for the rank troops shooting at a unit of let's say they're five like a rank of five but well generally your cannon you don't want to be shooting at rank troops right but if you, know, you happen to be you know i just figured out what it would be and seven and a half is the best bet because you get about an average of 2.3 hits because your first roll, you roll high and then you roll medium. You might only hit the back couple or right. the first couple. So you get about two, 2.3 hits. Whereas if you're guessing nine and a half in front, you're only, you're getting less than two hits per. Okay. And that's actually nine and a half and five and a half guess worked out to be the same. Okay. So you got about a one in five chance of being schmucked. 
if your dude's out on his own, he wants to take the shot. So that's not too bad. <laughs> but if they have stone throwers, what do you think a stone thrower is? This is maybe a little uh, easier to figure out. Stone thrower, so a character outside of a unit, but within lookout sir range, dying of a stone thrower. Mm-hmm. I'd say your chances are, well, you're rolling the same fucking number of dice, right? Well, theoretically, yeah. So well, ni- you got 19%. This, you got the scatter <laughs> dice instead of the... Uh, it's probably better chances of hitting him then, because you got two chances to hit him. But there's one chance of him. I'd say about 25%. 25%? That's my guess. If they have stone throwers, you should definitely, it's less than 10%. Oh, really? Yeah, because there's two hits, so you only have a one in three chance of hitting, and any deviation is a miss. You won't get a direct hit. Right. Because, and then... Well, if you deviated two, you'd still hit, because the template's no. an inch and a half wide. That's not a direct But you'd only hit. do one wound. You wouldn't kill anyone. You'd do a strength three or right. four hit, right. which, okay. would, which wouldn't kill them in this scenario. So even if they do get a hit, they have a one in six chance of rolling a misfire at the same time. Which right. invalidates the hit. Unless you're dwarves, bitch. Unless you're dwarves. So or empire. Even just to hit, just to hit in the first place is ten out of thirty-six, which is like about a twenty-seven percent chance. Sure. So, uh, and then after lookout, sir, and everything. Okay. It came out to about nine point six percent. So this is wow. without the rerolls, the dwarven, and, and stuff like that. But so for killing single characters, you're much better off to try and use the cannon. You have twice as good odds to kill with a cannon than you do with a stone thrower. Yeah. Okay, that's good info. And then, but with the stone thrower, um, if your dude's within three inches of a unit, you're you're still going to be looking pretty good for a scatter, depending on uh, which you know how big the unit is compared to where the character. So if the character's yeah. on the side of the unit and you have a big, huge around. block, a two or a four on the scatter dice. And then about half the angles are going to hit the unit. That's sure. still a pretty good chance yeah. that you're going to get some peripheral damage. Okay. So if you're going to go look out, sir, against stone throwers, you want to go off the back corner. Uh, okay. So any you know a, a scatter three quarters of the angles will bring them nothing. Okay. And only that one corner could possibly deviate on your unit. So that well, that applies to any corner of your, of your unit then, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be the one of the back corners. You could go off one of the front corners, assuming you're not going to get charged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then here's one other thing I did. So what what do you think the chances of a stone thrower hit are if they can't see the model, if you're using the, the weird scatter rules? Indirect fire? Yeah, indirect fire. So you got your ward answer. Uh, or no, you got your altar noble behind a house, 47 and a half inches away, and he drops a stone thrower right on him. What are the chances of hitting him? Of the, of the kill. So that's where it always scatters, but then you bring it back. You can bring it back. Uh, probably not so good, because typically your ballistic skill will be, if you had an engineer yeah, or a dwarf, you'd be four. Ballistic skill three or ballistic skill four. So if you take the engineer, well, it's a big difference. Yeah. Because uh, but ballistic skill three, only the two will hit. Right. Or ballistic skill four, you get the two and the four. I'd say for the three six percent and for the four fifteen percent. That's my guess. Uh, Blissus skill four, it's less than four percent. Oh my god! One in twenty-five, really? and then for Blissus skill three or two, or two or whatever, anything less. But this is for an outright kill as well. Right? This is for the kill. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's less than two percent. Wow. So the, what that means is it's fucking worthless to shoot a stone thrower indirect fire to try and kill a single character model. Yeah, if you don't have any other shots, maybe then do it, but... Don't bother because you, you have a much higher chance to misfire and blow up. This is up. still assuming that they got a lookout, sir, and that they don't have a ward sit, you know? Okay. It's following the same criteria. Well, so it's essentially assuming a four-up ward because that's what the lookout sir amounts to at that yeah. point. So if you got a lookout sir, a four-up ward, it works out to be the same. But where this might come into play is if someone's behind a building... Where yeah. you got a unit in the building and your wizard lord is behind the building then. Sure. Staying out of sight, but you can still get the lookout, sir. Well, that's not a bad play anyways, because if it scatters on the building, you're going to do a, like a D6 yeah, strength D6 10. Hits. Yeah, So to to the unit in the building. What else you got for us? Real Roger! 
badge of genius. <laughs> well, for these chances, I kind of compared them to other Warhammer statistics. Yeah. So, so the chance of a cannonball killing a, a hero in one shot is about 19.2%, which is about the same chance as failing a leadership seven with a reroll with a BSP. Wow. So Warhammer players are really good with leadership check probabilities, I think, more than anything else. Yeah. So if you can put that in your mind and sort of relate it that way, that might be helpful. So if your character is within three inches, is it three inches or six inches? It's three think? inches for the okay. lookout, sir. Then four up. You have the same odds of dying from a cannon as if you were to fail, fail. two leader seven rolls. Mm-hmm. In a row. And then against a stone thrower, it's about the odds of failing two liter nine two rolls. Two liter eight rolls. <laughs> two liter eight. Okay. <laughs> and then for the stone thrower, for that blind shot, you're more likely to kill your opponent with that ballista skill three blind shot than a leadership 10 cold blood, a leadership check is oh. to fail. <laughs> you're more likely to kill the character than they are going to fail a leadership 10 cold blood, a leadership check. Well, it's 1.9% to 1.8%. <laughs> so dick percent. <laughs> <laughs> that means not worth shooting at, in my opinion, because what are your odds of a misfire if that's catastrophic and kills your stone yeah. thrower? It's, one yeah. in six and then one in six again. So one in, what's that, one in 36? Oh, whatever. Whatever the odds work out. Math bad. Math bad. All right. Cool. So, yeah, the the saving grace with the stone thrower is less likely to hit, but you can get a nice scatter back onto a unit, possibly. Where the cannon, where you usually just <clears throat> shit out of luck. Sure. But definitely keep pop your dudes out. Save them. And that also, the other thing is that Lookout Sir works against uh, small arms, fire bows, organ. If you shot the organ yep. gun, the hits would carry over on a four All plus. those ten hits. How many of those are you going to make, Raj? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you got to do it one for Individually each. for yeah. each hit, yeah. So it's not too bad. <laughs> ten guys push them out of the way and get some <laughs> Look out, sir! Look out, sir! And it just keeps going. There's just dead bodies all around him. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just I just double check some of the base sizes, but the 50 mil, like on a cavalry, it's it's 1.96 inches. So you can't possibly. 1. You want to guess nine and a half? Because the seven and a half will still uh. overshoot. <laughs> but for the 40 and the 50 mils, if you're coming at them from an angle, uh, you can do the 7.5. Okay. If you're coming at it from the corner, because it's just over 2 inches. So you want to go, you don't want to go 7.5, you want to go like 7.9. You know, <laughs> I had people doing that to me in the tournament. <laughs> really? I think Alex Davey was doing that. He'd guess yeah, it's like just 7. However you guys want to guess it. or something like that. Yeah, whatever. Because I remember works. to start, people were actually like pulling out the tape measures yeah. and like putting little fingers yeah. down on the board. And <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, cool. So, yeah. what else you got? First nugget of knowledge. <laughs> have the... Mr. Number Crutching Underwriting Warhammer Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> you have to... I'm a much worse singer than either of you guys. So the next one, uh, the nugget of knowledge I'm going to be looking at, I have a lot of data from the WAPACA tournament. I have army uh, lists, and I have all these scoring sheets. So the first thing I'm going to be looking at is uh, best sportsmanship votes. And we were talking a little bit yeah. about this. <laughs> this is it's really interesting. pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah so I'm going to 
we give a breakdown and maybe offer some advice to tournament organizers out there. But I came up with some really interesting results. And then also, uh, I have 62 army lists. So I'm just going to take a look at them and see if I can pick out any trends or interesting yeah. numbers there. Okay. So. This is why Raj is doing this stuff for WAPAC. It's really for his own benefit. Yeah, I'm trying to gather data. <laughs> for his master knowledge. database. My knowledge. All right, cool. Let's fucking move on. I got a knowledge. Uh, take a quick moment. Uh Ooh, nice. Yeah. We're going to take a moment. We said this right before we took a break last time, and then we'll get on to scenarios, which is supposedly our subject for the day. Fuck it, man. We're back. We're going to talk a little bit about scenarios. Yeah, what goes into a good tournament scenario? And Jesus the bear Christ, is bear. Fucking You're not allowed to bring a cell phone to the podcast night first. anymore. It's his first. Uh, before which I have it every single time before. It's just never been. I thought you'd take longer to piss, Johnny. I was going to have it off. I was in there for half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Jacked off, took a crap. Before the bear had a cell phone, he communicated by claw marks on tree trunks. <laughs> you guys had to go out into the woods, snip for the fresh pile of shit, and then decipher the claw marks on the nearest tree. <laughs> sniff for cum around the base of the north side of the tree. <laughs> All right. The cum tree. So, <laughs> so do we have like a main main show topic tonight? We don't need one. Yeah, fuck but it. We have a topic. <laughs> anyway. And it's scenarios. So let's talk about yeah. How did you uh, come up with these scenarios, Raj? What was your inspiration or motivation uh, other than yeah, the tournament itself? Yeah, I did come up itself? with the scenarios. Yeah, for Wapak. But I've been doing that for, I've run at least several years. Five. Well, I did the tournaments for the scenarios for last year's Wapak. The bear had a couple of kernels of ideas. Yeah. And then I fleshed those out, and then I came back with some tournament scenarios that I had thought up over the years. Um <laughs> Doing the Stevens Point tournaments in the first North Star. Okay. So I had a pool of I've about thirty or so scenarios <laughs> I've come up with over the time. So I've kind of gotten a good handle for you know I, I guess how I think they should be done. And I guess <laughs> I guess one thing I'd have to say is try to keep it simple. Yeah. Because uh, because people like at Mary Mayhem. I was playing those yeah. snares, and we didn't even notice that there were special deployments because there was so much text on the page. People are yeah. fucking lazy. <laughs> well, I try to reference... Um, I try not to put deployment and everything on the sheet. I try to reference... Uh, at Wapak, I reference the, the rule book directly. So page uh, 146, battle line deployment. So people... They don't have to look that up. They just know it's battle line deployment, which right. they already know. They don't have to read two or three paragraphs to figure out. And they go, oh, okay, so it's, it's normal. It's right. Uh, so you can, you know, do that. You can say a couple of them I had as per battle line deployment, page 148, except for. So you could specify what you want different. Sure. So you could have, you know, the diagonal deployment or the battle for the pass or, you know, any one of those deployments. Instead of writing up rules for it. 
because you, if you do it by yourself, you're going to forget key sentences or you're just going to assume that uh, you know people know, which they don't. So <laughs> okay. I always try to reference something in the book. So did you do any plays on the deployment for Wapaka? Um, no, we use the battle line deployment and then the blood and glory deployment, which oh. is a little... Blood and glory, I think, is like a 18 inches between and then you can't... It's nine inches from the sides. Okay. Uh, but we just switched between those two. So we didn't do the diagonal. Didn't do diagonal. We didn't do the random i would not do the random one for sure i would have i could have done the diagonal one I, I don't i have a problem with that one okay but if i would have done that one i would have changed it so you can't get the jump on the other person so there's it's no usually, stealing the initiative yeah because that's really the only negative thing i've heard about those scenarios is when the other person you know can get the jump so i think it changes your deployment because you can set up closer because you know that you got the first turn you, you can't get fucked yeah uh in okay a, in a hard way <laughs> so yeah keep it keep it simple try to try to use the scenarios and rules from the book if you can if you want to make up something on your own then you know keep it simple keep it down to one object if you have an objective keep it to one objective okay you can have i've done it in the past where you had one main one three multiples yeah uh, should... we've Last year was one main one and then one side one. Okay. But you I dropped think, that for this year. It was all only a major, is that correct? Yeah, we just did one <clears throat> one major and I think I liked it. I mean the it was nice having the side one, but I think <laughs> nice having a little action on the side yeah, A little action on the side. I think <laughs> basically people can kind of handle one exception to a regular Warhammer game. So one exception what do I mean? Well I mean one, you know, I guess oddball thing. Sure. So if the oddball thing is the objective do you don't need any extra weird rules in play. Right. If you have weird rules in play, then you want to follow standard victory points. You, you know what I'm saying? You don't want to have layers and layers of right. confusion. On top. <laughs> because you think about it, like, why would that be the play? Why would you need that in a tournament? Why is that tournament the place where people make weird things up? Like, why can't we just play? <laughs> you know, at the turn you think that the place where you make weird things up is should be when you play your games at home. Right. And, but we do the opposite. We play standard games at home and then at the tournament when balance we're worried about balance and everything we we want to think up stupid shit and <laughs> force people to go through it yeah okay <laughs> yeah well nice. at Wapaka we use the man of intrigue and I yeah there were some fucking weird rules flying around yeah there's always stuff that you don't consider <laughs> I guess Definitely, if you're going to come up with scenarios, do it weeks and weeks in advance and then look and play at Play test them all. Play test. Yeah, play test for sure. Because there's always shit that's going to come up that you sure. haven't thought of. Um, but then for the man of intrigue, I, one thing we did was we kept the man of intrigue rules how we played them the same for the whole tournament. Right. Like, I like he, the fact that you always knew he would just count as a unit filler. So it's just one extra model yeah, in, in the unit the, that he was in. No, no special stat line. No fucking worrying about him dying by the enemy killing him outright. Yeah. You know? Let's talk about, yeah. I'm not for any scenario that has a messenger or uh, where you have to come up with an arbitrary stat line. Right. Because it just doesn't fit everything, no matter what you do. And then if you, say, use, like, a hero from your book or something, they're all different. So right, one guy's got yeah. a bruiser, the other guy's got a gobble. <laughs> so I like, if you want an extra model or something weird like that, attach them to a regular unit and just have them, you can be there, but you shouldn't have any, have, either have any stats or be, like, man of intrigue, he just counted as a model. And, sure. So, and then... So did it work the same in, in the, for ogres then? You'd get an extra, like, ogre bull? Yeah, you'd get a, if it was in an oblar unit, you'd be an oblar, but yeah. Okay. It, it worked good for the ogres. I mean, you got yeah. You could but get extra Iron God or they could use a little help. Chaos Warrior. <laughs> yeah. Where, but it had to be a core unit. 
Okay. Um, yeah, I found that out because I tried to stick them in with the hammers, and it, my opponent did not allow that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I guess one thing you could do in where I try to keep the rules as brief as possible in there, and then uh, for a couple of scenarios, I talked on the microphone and just elaborated on, just clarify, you know, the weird situations that might occur. Sure. Like if you don't have any core skirmishing units, well, then you put them in a special. Or mm-hmm. if you don't have any non-skirmishing core units... Then sure. you put them in a special core unit and send you. Okay. So you, you can anticipate stuff like that, but if you have a response, you know, just make sure you tell everybody. Sure. Okay. So most of your scenarios revolved around victory points. Is that true? Uh, it was pretty, pretty much even per the split. Book or no? Well, let's go through them. Just okay. to, for people are curious because if you listen, you know, people don't always remember the scenarios. Sure. Okay. Correctly. So we have the first listeners one, that didn't go to the tournament as well. Yeah, for people who went out, the first one was Last Orc Standing. I used fortitude points with the following exception. So I referenced fortitude points. I didn't come up, I didn't write the paragraph in the rule book fortitude points. I said reference it. So they just knew that. What a fortitude point was yeah, and how many they had at the very We knew beginning. the fortitude points. Mm-hmm. So and that's then, what it is. But uh, So the Man of Intrigue was always worth one fortitude. Yeah, he counted as one fortitude. And he followed the, the unit filler rule. Yeah. So the exception was the break point was zero. So g- generally, you would play the entire game through. Right. You wouldn't be able to get the sudden death unless you wiped out every single piece of fortitude that they had. Sure. So I thought that should still be an option, but mainly it was whoever had the most fortitude points remaining at the end of the game won. Okay. Because if I don't remember, if I remember correctly, I think if for that scenario reverts to VP if if no if it's win. a tie yeah so we just did away with that you didn't have to worry about VPs which speeds up the tallying process after the sure. round so you can strategically put that for maybe your last round in a tournament because people are going to get their scores in faster you know a few minutes faster uh, might make a difference you know at the end when you're trying to calculate all the scores and you got ordinary people sitting around <laughs> ordinary TOs <laughs> who really just want yeah to and drunk. it's less chance of people missing you know miscounting and all that jazz boy fucking idiot can so you got the watt pack of scoring was three points for a win two points for a Three points for the most fortitude. Two points if it was a draw. Uh, if you had one less than your opponent, that was a minor loss, and you got two points. So you got a draw, essentially. Yeah, and then your opponent would still get the three. Sure. And then the last one was if you were two or two or more behind, you got a loss. Okay. And so, then in that scenario, it was the man of intrigue really didn't do much, nothing but give an extra four or two point to one unit. Yeah, correct. Okay. So my idea, I guess, going in was... Well, I was thinking of that Skaven army you played at North Star. It's not a good idea to find scenarios to fuck over one army. But right. I didn't like that he had all his fortitude and uh, like a couple, you know, one big bunker unit. Sure. And this is kind of a and theme he could that's just played out in the on the second day, especially. Right, and and you know, in that North Star scenario, he could just hide his unit and win the game. He didn't have to do anything, yeah. and that's what he did. So, so yeah, that's that's a good idea. If you have four or five, so if you just had that bunker fortitude unit, yeah. Of, just the minimum, basically, um, and your opponent had a lot. You had to work for it to bring him under you. Sure. Um, and then there was a major objective for that. Yeah, the major objective well. was to take your enemy down to half, half forty-two points or less. Okay. So if you were, and the idea with our major objectives is they should be possible yeah. to get even when you lose. Okay. So if you, so you, you can get it by accident, or if you know you're outgunned, <laughs> just shoot, shoot for the major objective, and then uh, you know if you win or lose. Okay, so, so you still get out. two points then, because yeah. which is if you get two, 
if you had a minor loss and you got the objective, you got three points, which was the same as a win. Sure. So you, yeah, you still feel like you had some hope in the tournament, battle point wise. Mm-hmm. Okay. What was so the next scenario? Then? Next scenario was prisoner. So you had you traded men of intrigue. Okay. And you followed the same rules, except that. <laughs> So, the so unit, it was a unit filler in your opponent's unit, but your opponent's, the unit that your prisoner was in meant that that unit could not never, be steadfast. Could not be steadfast, or it always counted as zero ranks for steadfast purposes. Okay. Because your prisoner is causing <laughs> havoc, you know, while <laughs> Doing what he can do. Yeah, he's disrupting disrupt. the unit while they're in the fight. So, with this one in mind, I kind of had the super units in mind. Okay. I guess. Because, you know, if you take a super unit, you're not flexible. I want to reward the flexible. <laughs> so I guess that's kind of what I, another theme going through is rewarding the flexible armies sure. rather than the couple of bunker killer units. So you could capture your man of intrigue by breaking the unit, yeah, capture like a standard. So if you got your man of intrigue back when he was in your unit, that you count a double your ranks as steadfast. So if you had three ranks, you count a six. Sure. And then if you're... That was me. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then it was possible if your unit with the man of intrigue broke their unit with the man of intrigue, you had both. Yeah. Uh, then you just counted normal just for steadfast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So your objective was to get your man of intrigue back. Okay. And have so, him alive at the end of the game. Yeah. Which, okay, there's two ways you can do these kind of capture things. You could either reward the person for keeping the man of intrigue. So I could have given you a point for holding on to your opponent's man of intrigue at the end of the game. Sure. But that encourages hiding, <laughs> stupid play, analysts, you know. Pussery. Yeah, pussery. Good. Yeah, so Pussification. I always think about the flip side where you go to kill, and now that uh, that guy's going to, you're not going to worry as much about losing the you know the man of intrigue character model that you right. have. Because it, it really doesn't hurt you. I mean, you want to get rid of it because it sucks. <laughs> so you have a... You know, it just encourages more give and take, and people get more points in the end. Sure. But otherwise, so the major objective was to get the Man of Intrigue, but otherwise the scenario was victory points based. Okay. And per the normal rules? Yep. Or? It just said deployment per battle line, follow the rules per battle line. Okay. For page one for us. So people just knew what to do. All right. Okay. And then the third round was Bloodbath. And this scenario is a scenario that I've run for many years in a row. And I like it a lot because basically this scenario, it's all about killing the other opponent. It doesn't yeah. matter what you... So it's pretty much both players could get a win. Yeah. In theory. Yeah, I like the scenarios where it's more about going after the other guy and making it less <coughs> of, you know, turtling is discouraged. So <laughs> holding back will just hurt yourself. Sure. So I guess that was another theme going through the <laughs> scenarios. But so this one, the man of intrigue. And this one, this scenario is kind of a throwback too because the, it was victory points. However many victory points you got. For every 500 victory points you, you claimed. Got, you got a tournament point. You got one battle point. So if you got over 2,000, you could get the full four. And it didn't matter what, how much you lost, but yeah. it didn't matter just what you kill. And then this one, the VPs were, if you were fleeing at the end of the game. You count as dead. And if you're under half strength, you count get as half, half points. VP. So this one, I kind of liked it because the it benefited you and it had no downside because you always want to think about what people are going to say after the game. And usually, if the scenario is funky, they'll just cite the weird turn or the scenario rule that they lost by. Sure. So they would say, if it was a regular game, they said, oh, well, there was a tournament. The special <laughs> rule was that fleeing units still, still counted as 
uh, victory points. So, so I had I, I had a win under the normal rules, but yeah. because of the scenario, it turned into a loss. <laughs> which you're always going to have some of that, anyways. You know, the kind of way I put it together, you get you know, it just is a bonus for you. It doesn't hurt the other guy. Sure. And then the man of intrigue. So that's like a seventh edition of throwback. The man of intrigue was another throwback, and he gave your unit always strikes first on the charge, <laughs> or if. You already had that rule. It just gave you initiative 10. Okay. So it brought back a little more uh, interest in the charge. Bring back <laughs> some old school stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then the way that worked out, I might tweak this a little, but uh, what I saw a lot of was there was only a couple of games where both opponents scored high. Yeah. And there was a lot of games where one guy got goosed. He got less than a 500 so got PP, zero. So he got and... zero, which when I was looking through it, I didn't like it because I thought this scenario... Everyone could end on a happy note, and they would all get plenty of points. Yeah. And this one was actually the one where people came away with nothing after a round. So you should always get at least one point per round, just so you feel like you got progression. <laughs> sure. So this one I'm going to modify a little. So you always get at least one, and then maybe bring down the margins. So it's like one point for accumulating zero to 250, two points, 250 to 500, three points, 500 to 1,000, and then four points over 1,000. Just bring it yeah. bring it down and leave everybody in a happy note. Okay. Because that's kind of the idea I had going in was uh, scenario three there. Sure. All right. And then round four was a little bit of a throwback with table quarters. Now, the mm. this one was the way you captured table quarters and was with your fortitude points. Right. So, so whoever you, had the most fortitude in a table quarter could, yeah, could claim Yeah, rewarded the most flexible armies. So if you had your fortitude bunker, you could only ever capture one quarter with it. Sure. So you had to split up and decide where you're going to go all in, where you're going to just give them the points. Because if you had two fortitude and a quarter and the other guy had four, he takes the quarter. You don't get anything. So sure. if, he, if a guy's going to take a quarter, you don't want to have any of your fortitude in there. Right. And then the man of intrigue, what he did was he would actually place down your objective marker. Yeah, he could what was called plant the flag. Plant the flag, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the name of the scenario, too. Yeah. So he would, at the end of one of your movement phases... Where you did not march you didn't or march, charge or charge flee. or swift reform was oh. another one, because I didn't want people doing stupid swift reforms <laughs> to give in there. Uh, so you can move them, and then within three inches of them, you would put down your objective marker. Mm -hmm. And then this would count as two fortitude points in that quarter permanently, and there's no way they could get rid of it. And then it stopped them from planting the flag in the same. So your opponent couldn't wait and see which one you did and then put his in the same one to cancel it out. He had to pick a different one. So only one could be in each quarter. Yeah. Okay. And then your major objective was to plant it on the other side of the board. Oh, so on you your opponent's get, half of the on table. On your opponent's half, yeah. So okay. you had to get a unit, which is pretty tough, because you have to get a unit, because once you're in charge range, you'd, then you'd you rather move. <laughs> yeah, you move and plant the flag. The... Uh, that's I played that one against the Chaos Dwarf guy, and he just set up his shooting guys way off on the side and slowly mm -hmm. marched on their six-inch dwarfy legs until he uh -huh. was close enough to plant it on my side of the table. <laughs> yeah, so that one, if you got the most table quarters, you won, you got three points. If you if it was tied, it was a draw, you each got two. If you had one less than your opponent, which the only possible combination is they had two and you had one, or if they had one and you had zero, uh, you would get a minor loss. And then if they did two... Two more than you. So if they got three and you got one or they got two and you got zero, then it was a minor or a, a major loss. loss. Yeah. yeah, you just got one point. Okay. And that was uh, how that one went. And then the final game was sort of tying it all together. So this one, you use the same table quarter rules, the capture rules, but that it didn't decide the game. 
it got you 100 victory points okay um for and capturing a table quarter at the end of the game and then also standards are worth 100 points so if you yeah. were flexible you took these extra units now you got to be a little more careful <laughs> and it kind of hurts you a little bit in this last one sure and it's kind of you know a throwback to the seventh edition so i like that a lot I, people really like how that scenario worked out and this is we play tested this one yeah mm-hmm. and it you really did have to pay attention to the scenario because you would to plant the flag for sure the only i think of all the scenarios the only thing i heard anything negative about someone griping about how their opponent was always strike first on the charge oh <laughs> uh, so yeah whatever yeah but that's the scenario where it doesn't right it doesn't matter you, if, if you it doesn't die. matter if you lose or you die right. as long as you take them down but you you know, you'd probably stop them from accumulating VPs, but... Right. Well, see, if whatever. I was playing my dwarf list, that rule wouldn't do shit because all be my dudes have great too. weapons. Yeah. So I'd be on, on an ish. And it's one unit, so... Right. Whatevs. So I get to go before the fucking mm-hmm. thunderstump squishes dwarves. Joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So I really liked how it went out. I liked that we had the man of intrigue rules, the same throughout, and then we used some of the same table quarter rules. So at the end of it, everyone had used the rules. They could tie them all together and fucking use their brains. So it sounds like the only the only scenario you had that was a make or break was the first one. That one, that, the one that wasn't based on victory points. Uh, yes, what it was you mean based by on make fortitude. You said, well, it was all based on who had the most fortitude. Yeah. So, you know, if I was playing my dwarf list, I could hunker down in a corner and just fucking hide from you. Mate, if you already had more fortitude than your opponent. Sure. Okay. So. But other than that, I mean, you know, versus the Merry Mayhem scenarios, which were all make or break, you know, the two of them were decided by how many tokens you had, and one was decided by how many models you had in the center. Mm-hmm. It wasn't based on really what you killed or uh, yeah. anything really other than that one fact. And mm-hmm. so. So those ones were a little more wild. There's some people who think that it should be victory points and then the objective. Gets you extra victory points. Yeah. And then there's people who think that the, you could have a scenario where the objective gets you the win mm-hmm. and you don't have sure. to. And people, you know, it's just your opinion. You can take right. it either way. Well, I think it's cool but, that different tournaments have different things. You get to experience it all. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What, what do you guys think about stuff to avoid? Um, well, I'll, I'll point one out is sure. at, I think Rampage did this, and maybe Adepticon 2, oh. where you would get victory points for controlling every single hill. Uh, yeah, every piece stuff. of terrain was worth now, 100 victory points or something. That yeah, just made it that. chaotic. Yeah. Like, there's so much going the, on, you couldn't well, think of that until turn 6. And Well, not only that, but the rules for controlling in 7th edition so, meant 12 inches. If you had a unit of mm-hmm. unit strength 5 or more within 12 inches, so it got kind of retarded to say, oh, you know, I, you know this this unit can control this fucking hill, which is way the fuck over here. This is bullshit. You know, if, if it was more particular, like you have to be on or in the terrain piece, I, c- mm-hmm. I could see it a little more then. I have one. Having some sort of creature or monster starting in the <laughs> middle of the board that randomly rampages through things. That fucking helped me out yeah. like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but that's the problem. If it could just totally help one player and totally fuck over another player and uh, in a tournament yeah. okay, situation. So if you got a rampaging monster, yeah. <laughs> you have to have two. I, I was a fan. One for each person. Greg... Greg Dupuis, Dupuis, whatever, his, however you say his name, he was not such a fan because it was mowing down fucking <laughs> Nurgle demons for me. <laughs> God knows the Beastmen weren't going to do it. <laughs> I played Butcher enough to know that. <laughs> yeah, so to avoid too many objectives, two is okay. Anything more than three and 
it's my opinion it's luck based because you play the game and then at the end you go oh look i won oh i happened to get i got this objective here <laughs> I, I wasn't trying to get it but i got it. I, I got it i got this one here i happened to overrun and pursue a unit or something you know yeah so, mm. sure so i'm not a fan of those okay i'll I, agree what about deployments and stuff? i don't i i was a victim of the uh steal the initiative from yeah, that diagonal like thing that. i didn't what didn't care much for it <laughs> hey um, man this yeah. warhammer's a dice game I, fool <laughs> some people hate the diagonal deployment well I, I like it as long as you keep everybody 24 inches apart i think it, it works out fine but i think the book rule you end up 12, 12 inches apart yeah. and that's a little troublesome well it worked out because you know doris can actually charge 12 inches now yeah uh, that one game was a little fucking like jump on me yeah. Yeah. three charges against my pike man. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid bitch. Look at the stinks. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is if I did those scenarios, I wouldn't have one person deploy their entire army first. Yeah. And then I'd agree with that. Big yeah. See, that was the, it was the combination of 12 inches apart, You're deploying whole, last, you know. <laughs> and then the other guy somehow gets to go first. Like, what? <laughs> like, this is fucking great. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think you start so far on the back foot in that situation. Yeah. Well, but then again, I mean, you got to deploy all your shit up front, so you could have deployed conservatively in yeah. the back mm-hmm. and not been a boner about it. So, yeah. you know, well, yeah, it goes I both know. ways. But you just assumed you were going to get first turn. <laughs> yeah. So, uh-huh. and I guess, and also, I mean, really, that was the first time I played that one, so that's part, mm-hmm. you know, part yeah. of, partially my fault for not really yeah. analyzing the snares in the book. But well, I think Wapaka was only the second tournament since Aeth that didn't just use the book scenarios, right? Because that's what they, is that what they use at Northstar? Yeah. Yeah, I North think it Star was. Book book. And then at Oktoberfest, Chad used the book scenarios. Yeah. So Mary Mayhem was broke the cherry on creating your own scenarios. And then as far as the Midwest, well, Alpaca yeah. went with it too. Yeah, that that we've played and been in, mm-hmm. or a part of, but uh, or made fun of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, I think uh, maybe an idea for putting scenarios together is you can always think about what are people going to complain about after the game. <laughs> what are they going to blame losing the game on? Because they want to blame the scenario at all, right. all possible. They want to blame the tournament, not so their own. Poor generalship. Yeah. <laughs> they blame luck in this scenario. So if you can have as close to like a real game as possible, or with your own spin on it, come up with fine. a very clever name for the rule that causes them to lose. So when they're going around griping, like I lost that that because of my homosexuality. <laughs> 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 I lost it because of my my hemorrhoids. My, yeah. <laughs> because of my the rule called my hemorrhoids. <laughs> so uh, no one's gonna complain about that. <laughs> my nutsack really blew it for me. On that one. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I won because of my homosexuality. <laughs> carried me through some rough battles. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Think with the scenarios. Don't try to balance the armies. No. Try to make the game interesting. Don't try to do what ah. I didn't Sorry. do. Because I, you know, I don't, I don't like the the super unit. So I don't want to the Death Star. Wanna, yeah, the Death Star. <laughs> so I want to. You mean what I'm planning on doing for Adepticon? <laughs> yeah. Raj, you like the Brown Star, but you don't like the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> What's your Adepticon plan, Bear? <laughs> on a side note, uh, uh, eight, eighteen-man unit of uh, 
Um, so Iron Guts with one, uh, <laughs> with all, with three characters in it. <laughs> so fifteen, well, fifteen Iron Guts, three characters for eighteen. He's doing the the fifty man Noblar units as well. Like the yeah. slaves. Well, I have to because that they're not leader ten. <laughs> well, they will be with bears. They'll be leader nine because I'm not going to use the banner of leadership. Uh-huh. I'm going to use the Rune Maw because that that's the spells. Yeah. That would be the one real reflected onto the nobbler. Onto the no, that's not too bad. If I'll have to look at the rules specifically for that. Yeah. Would it bounce like a pit of shades? I don't know that it would. That's a template. They just yeah. drop a template. I don't. I don't think you could. Maybe we have to double check though. Yeah, I'll have to double check. It's, but, yeah, it's just on a two item. plus. It bounces. A book here. The, hmm, I thought you know I thought a little bit about it, and one of the things I get into a situation when I'm in, and this is still on the subject of scenarios, but I generally immediately forget whatever the fuck the scenario is about yeah. and just try to of attack course. the other person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's happened to me fucking consistently. It kind of worked out at Wapaka because I would just concentrate on killing their shit and yeah, that's most them. scenarios really kind of encourage that for the most part, except for like the table quarter. Right. And since it was, I wasn't there trying to win. I was just there yeah. trying to play and give people good games. And I'd beat up on people, and they'd still draw or win the game. So they'd be like, "Ah, oh, fucking sweet, dude." You know, I think it's key to pay attention. And I think we talked about this in our tournament overview way back in episode whatever the fuck it was. But uh-huh. you keep your fucking eyes on the prize. <laughs> yeah, sure. Don't just play a normal game of Warhammer when there's other factors involved. Okay. One thing I want to say is I think in the UK this is how it works. But you get you destroy their army, you get the maximum tournament points, 20. And mm-hmm. if you destroy 20% of it, you get four points or whatever. You know? That, uh, uh, yeah. Well, that's... One guy gets 20, the other guy gets zero. One guy gets... I'm not a fan of rewarding someone for a wholesale slaughter and destruction <laughs> because... You think someone has a shitty game then? No, because... You don't think that's implied? No, I don't want people to bring a list then. Uh, I don't want to reward someone for going for... That's just well, the Wapaka, though. Right, this I, is I the see Wapaka what you're saying. Turn, this is how we do it. I think in those in those scenarios, that's a lot more competitive. So there's people that go just to smash people's face in. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Adepticon. And Rampage this year. But, I don't know, I think you get more of those big wins when you just get a lucky draw, too. Sure. When you pull a new, you get 20 out. Yeah. You shouldn't get 10 more points than someone who plays ass off against a good player. Yeah, you know I think that's saying? a good point. I think in the if you're trying to foster a competitive environment and you want tough lists and you want people who really know what the fuck they're doing with them, then I think that type of scoring system is going to encourage it. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. yeah. Basically, that's just how. Basically, what you're saying is you want to encourage armies that have that that can respond to a variety of situations rather than one-trick ponies that are just made to yeah. take advantage yeah. of one element of their army to the utmost to uh-huh. just slaughter their opponents. Well, wholesale. I agree. You're always going to get those fucking dick faces that take 18 iron guts and put all the <laughs> characters in there. It's <laughs> 50. <laughs> I will note that's a 3,000 point army, by the way. So there's still uh-huh. quite a bit around it. Yeah. Why'd you stop at 18, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking 24 is in order. Well, there's a cap on Iron Guts. I think it's 16. Uh, you can't go Horde? If you get enough characters in there, you can fucking oh, no, that's what it is. It is a Horde. 18 is three oh, rings. Oh, six. six wide. Okay. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's cool. So we talk about flexible armies, and I guess that's what I designed the scenarios for. But one thing is I didn't give people the scenarios beforehand. Right. And I'm you think oh, that was kinda, good or bad? I'm on the fence. Yeah. I think you can get away with either. I mean because 
Well, I think if you had released those, it probably would have encouraged more changed, balanced lists, I Yeah, think. I think so. And so for think next year, thing. we're going to do that. Right. And, you know, even Grant mentioned that on the Garage Hammer, you know, he said, like, had he known that fortitude um, was mm-hmm. so important and some of the other things that he would have he yeah. done things differently. But I didn't really finalize the scenarios until <laughs> the after all the lists were in. <laughs> until Friday So afternoon. it only would have <laughs> benefited the people who hadn't submitted their list yet. Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah so I think if you can sure. submit it, if you can get it out ahead of time, I think uh, when you uh, announce the tournament, you know, if you say three months away, you yeah. post up your scenarios. We're kind of we're leaning towards transparency and the Wapaka. Yeah. So next year we're going to be. We did it with sportsmanship. We broke that wide open. You know exactly what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. It's not a crapshoot like it's historically been. Right. Uh, the paint checklist is halfway there. We're improving on that, and then we're gonna for the battle. All we got to do is post the scenarios ahead of time, yeah. and we achieve yeah. that. Okay. So, and for next year, I'm trying to decide how I want to phrase this, but you might see some of the same scenarios. Maybe most of them. Yeah. Uh, well, say. I think most of them worked. Maybe with a tweak or two. Just yeah. I think we're just. I think yeah. The, the next WAP hack is really just about kind of adding a little polish, tweaking things out a bit. You know, we're not really going to yeah. change the recipe a whole lot. It came out. <laughs> okay. And we're just adding some sprinkles on top, baby. <laughs> <laughs> In the clean That's... north. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a, like clean maybe north, a nice clean maybe north. a nice white glaze. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one thing I did hear several complaints about during and then after the fact even. Uh, was the allowance of special characters. And I did feel the full brunt of this against uh, Dale Bartz, who was playing the Queek list for Skaven, and I was playing Dwarves. <laughs> I was fucking... Literally, I didn't stand much of a chance there. Any character that came close to him just fucking melted. Um, so it was kind of gross, and okay. it didn't matter to me. Just, you know, I was filling in for Travis, who gives a fuck. Mm-hmm. But if my tournament was riding on that, I would have been like, this is fucking shit, dude. So... Yeah. There's Well, what do you... This is Bear's baby here, the special characters. Yeah. So why don't you elaborate your opinion? Well, I don't know. I think the thing is, is everybody has the opportunity to take a special character, and everybody knows special characters are coming. I mean, what more is there to say than that? I mean... Now, your goal here is... I want to provide a... We don't ban all special, or we don't ban all rare slots because of the Abomination and the Hydra. Yeah. Yeah. So we shouldn't ban all special characters because of Teclas. Do you, but you do ban some special characters? Is that true or no? No. 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 So they would have been I think the point is that there's special characters that can fucking be devastating and that can wreck your game a la Queek versus a fucking dwarf army versus some special characters that are very tame. You read most of the Beastman ones are like, you know, you know this guy'd have very little impact. Mm-hmm. So yeah, how, I mean, the thing is, is when you start picking and choosing, how do you go about that, though? I mean, I'm, that's the issue. I want to allow everybody to bring like crazy shit like uh, Steve Hire's you know troll king army mm-hmm. and you know and it's just people well, look at Northstar didn't allow special characters and you still had to face the double A-bomb monstrosity right he didn't so. have they didn't have any any type of comp requirements though to my knowledge so, did they am I talking I out of turn here they did they did a comp, sc- uh, comp next score next year system. they're gonna reject lists yeah I know if they don't meet certain guidelines sure from my understanding but I think they still try to lump you in a category yeah, um, I think that there that were it was mentioned on day one tier. that you were grouped by comp. Yeah, it's a three tier comp system that only affected day one is what mm-hmm. it was. Or which yeah, which means you get hosed on day two. Yeah. yeah. It's an odd situation. I mean, GW is really pushing their special characters into the into the books. 
more so. Um, a lot of them are really not that bad. A lot of them are actually a detriment to take. But well, it's just like everything else you know, GW writes, there are these just uber units as well as special characters. I don't think you can use the argument that a lot of them aren't that bad when the ones that are that bad are just fucking terrible. wreck your day, dude. And the, are yeah. the ones that are taken. Yeah, exactly. No one's going to take the ones that aren't that bad. Yeah. I yeah, okay, maybe Steve did. And actually, I agree that it opened up a real a cool army and a real cool Core theme. Hill. Uh, there was that lion-themed army yeah. at Core Hill. I, I, I think there are some possibilities there. But like I said, had it been my, you know, I was playing in this tournament with the host of doing decent, and then I came up against something like that. Mm-hmm. When he's got like eight attacks that all hit on twos, automatically wound, no armor save allowed against mm-hmm. dwarves. It's fucking retarded, dude. There's no point. Well, in, that's the just a matchup too. Against every other army, Creek is probably pretty he's average, just a mediocre. With two hand weapons, but okay. against the dwarves, he's, a, he's, <laughs> he's a the most badass motherfucker so, on the planet. I guess my uh, here's why I don't, why I wouldn't allow him is because why you wouldn't allow special characters yeah, in general because okay. people generally don't play games with special characters. Okay, so people don't get practice against them. Sure, that's the main thing. You can practice for a bomb. You can practice against a hydra, but there's a lot of special characters are one off. You can't once you played it once or twice. You wouldn't have a problem with Queek. You would know exactly what you have to do to beat Queek. Right. Fucking but you never... Decline the challenges. <laughs> yeah. Be step motherfucking one. And right. I'm sure against Teclas, the first time you'd be pussyfooting around, you don't know right. how you're going to do it. But that Teclas guy, he doesn't have to... He knows how to beat every normal army. Where you you have to know how to beat a Teclas army in order to beat him. Right. You don't necessarily sure. have that yeah. experience. So, but, you know, I, I like the mundane special character. I think it adds something. So the other thing, too, is if people know special characters are going to are open, that encourages list creep then because, well, what if I got what if I have to fight techless? Well, I don't mm-hmm. you know, they don't they plan for the worst when putting their list together. So if you're trying to encourage a friendly thing. Then I wouldn't use special characters, but sure. I think with Wapaka, uh, also, we can maybe get away with that more, just because of the environment and this the other scoring through, uh, and stuff like that. We've gone through kind of some growing pains, also nearly doubling in size in one year yeah. as well. So you're going to have a <laughs> lot different kind of. I mean, all of a sudden, half the guys are there who are there this year weren't there last year, so it sure, kind of creates uh, a whole new tournament dynamic, you know. So the thing seems to boil down to is expectations. Yeah. And if you don't deliver, that's when you're a problem. If you set up out at it techless is allowed expect to run into techless well maybe you make and, some you know, um, some considerations during matchups you know this guy's got techless that's what yeah. you know this other guy's got x character so you match those fuckers yeah. up the first couple rounds let them deal with each other yeah. and As that's I kind of the theme in the last podcast when i was talking about attorney overlord gavin set up a file for me but i couldn't get the file to work because okay. i didn't check it out far enough in advance but he put in uh, comp banding but then when i actually came down to game day i had to enter it in myself and i wasn't able to I you had some problems. With- yeah, and I mentioned that last time as well. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, <laughs> I think that's really going to be just a, something we might we'll have to probably bring back. I mean, the main reason we didn't do any sort of comp this year was because Eighth Edition is still a little it's still a little tricky to comp. Well, yeah, I didn't want to comp band on comp necessarily. I wanted to just make sure the special characters. If you took a special character, you would play against someone who took a special character. Sure. As well, as long as the matchups for first round for sure. 
for the next round if it worked out that way if you know so like that and then maybe if i thought you had a real nasty army or something you'd play against i'd maybe lump them in with that category yeah. or something like okay. that okay so, if you had two a-bombs you'd play against yeah. two hellkeens so it's all about expect expectations because last year we had it the comp system set up very nicely where people who took hard-ass armies only played people who took hard-ass armies right. pretty much sure and if you took took the fluff you played against the fluff so <laughs> when you have that those games there's no problem because they're like-minded when the problem is when you have the hard guy against the fluffy guy and you have two sets of expectations going into the game sure okay so try so, to lay it out ahead of time so, uh, yeah. i guess that's one thing i would that's, stress yeah and that's one thing we we're discussing is bringing back the comp to some degree for next year so in one way or another okay cool well um i think we should uh wrap up yeah it's been going on for a while it took a little longer than usual if this fucking <laughs> footage gets lost i'm gonna <laughs> chop off my nuts <laughs> into little pieces and mail one piece to every listener this one <laughs> <laughs> so all right cool man okay Do um, wanna closing comments closing count leave a parting question but tell us what you think about special characters would you prefer to go to a yeah. tournament with special characters or would you prefer they didn't allow special characters? i have so, i think that's yeah. a solid question let us know what you think if you have an opinion on the fact you can shoot us an email or you can call the hpbv hotline 601-TRY-HPBV <laughs> pointhammered at gmail.com is that it boys yeah we'll fuck it. It. check you later let us know then yep suck, suck my ball
a penis. <laughs> That'll be the point hammered version. <laughs>